Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and beavers who are wondering if they have dental coverage under Obamacare. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and it's time for Tea with BBP. Hey everybody out there, I'm your host, BBP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, and you know what that means. I am the diva with you this afternoon, the diva of SLA. What's my adjective, Walter? The what diva? The loser diva. Oh, come oh. on. Oh, no, <laughs> Mino. I mean the the grand diva. Thank you. That works. Thank you. You know, Walter just has diva envy. You know that, don't you? you (laughs) Yes. yes, He hasn't even made it to you know, I stripped him of his divet title a while back, so he's just (laughs) he's he's I have no desire to be a D. He doesn't even have the D. He doesn't even have the D anymore. It's not even a D period. It's just like there's (laughs) nothing there in front of his name. Walter, say hi to the audience out there. Hi to the audience out there. How are you today? Okay, that's enough. Angelica. (laughs) Say something in German, Angelica. I want to hear some German. Einen schönen guten Donnerstag. Wir hoffen, es geht euch allen gut und dass es eine hervorragende Show heute wird. Mit, mit der Diva. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. See? Yeah. In, Ger- in German, I'm a Diva. There you go. <laughs> I der Diva or something like that. What was so, it the last few so, words? Okay, then? now you have to tell after, you have to repeat after me in German the following. We are live from the second floor of Wells Hall on the Michigan State University campus in East Lansing, Michigan. Wir sind heute live aus der zweiten Etage in East Lansing im schönen Gebäude Wells Hall. What's schönes Gebäude? What's that? What was that word? In the beautiful building. Oh, wonderful! It is a beautiful building. Those of you who have not visited our camp, we have a beautiful campus, don't you think? I, I agree. Think it, yeah, I, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I love it. Even in winter, I was crossing the bridge to go to. Um, to uh, my class earlier, those of you who have not visited MSU campus, we have a river that runs the middle of our campus, and it's all iced over, and it's kind of neat to watch the ducks try to walk on the ice, and then they mm-hmm. go jump in the water where the where the, it's kind of uh, it's unfrozen. What's not unfrozen? Words? That's not the word. Unfrozen. What the? It's thawed <laughs> out. It's thawed, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think unfrozen works. I'm so tired. Oh y'all, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. How do people do this? How does Rush Limbaugh do this day after day, three hours a day? Well, I don't want to talk about Rush Limbaugh, but how is like, how does, I don't know, how do people do this kind of show day after day? I mean, you guys tire me out one hour per week. (laughs) My gosh. It's true. It's like, gosh. Sometimes, somehow he keeps, you know, inviting us back. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, I love you more than my luggage, Walter. Jeez. (laughs) I think he's told me that a few times. Well, you know, that's one of my favorite lines from what movie? What movie? Oh, wait, don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, it's got to be either Beaches or, no, it's not Beaches. It's one of those other ones you like. Steel Magnolias? It's Steel Magnolias, that's right. Very good. One of the ones he always yeah, watches. Steel oh. Magnolias. It's, it's uh, Olympia Dukakis, her character, when she's talking to um, Weezer and says, you know, I love you more than my luggage. And how does Weezer respond? The Weezer just harumps because that's what Weezer does. She's, so old, from now she's, an old, she's actually what an old grumpy lady mean? just like you, Walter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sounding really grumpy on here, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, no, I've just decided that I think it's, I, I don't know why I'm so tired these days. I think I have iron poor blood or I don't know what mm. I have. 
I mean, do I look tired to you guys? Thank God the audience out there can't see me. I probably have more bags. He actually has to teach on Thursdays now, you know. Yeah. So no, that's not so it. He gets exhausted. Teaching is exhausting sometimes. Well, it is exhausting. I have a great class. I hope my class is listening. I have the be- I love my class. They're just great. It's uh for those of you out there who don't know, I'm teaching a I'm teaching a conversation class this semester, a third year conversation class. And we're using a film um, as the text for the class. And it's really fun. That's, uh, we had some good stuff today. Um, it was, And I always have my little word of the day that they have to use. I put it up on the first slide. I said, here's your word of the day. Whoever uses it first in a, in a, it to talk about themselves or do something in class, then, um, then they get a prize. And so today it took until... It took until the last 10 minutes of class for somebody to actually hmm. use the expression in the sentence hmm. to talk about himself, and it was great. What prizes can they win? I usually give them a little treat. Sometimes it's a chocolate. The other day it was a thing of pistachio. Today it was a little bag of almonds inside of a little Valentine cup and stuff. Um, so um, did you see that our, our media producer, Luca, has a new thing called the Diva Cam? Did I see that? Yes, it haunted my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, did anybody ask there, if you're on Twitter or Mixler, let us know if you saw the um, Diva Cam picture, because I think uh, Luca snuck a picture of himself with me when I was like looking at the computer or something. I was not looking my most fabulous. You can tell how tired I look in that picture on Thursday afternoons. Um, but so if you if you saw that picture, tweet us and let us know, because Luca's excited. Luca loves gadgets. You, you, all, you all don't know um, Luca out there, but but um, he loves gadgets and technology, which is why he does that for a living, right? But anyway, I bet, I bet, I bet he sleeps with that diva cam now. <laughs> I bet he sleeps with that diva cam. I bet, it, I bet it has a name. What do you think he named his diva cam? If you were Luca, how would you? What would you name that diva cam? I think diva cam is the name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm, no, there could be another Gloria. No, I think. No, he, I think. I think he named it Bill. <laughs> <laughs> humble, yes, yeah, ever yes, so yes. humble. Very, humble. <laughs> very, very, very humble. Very, very, very humble. So, hey, what's the topic for today? Well, God, you're just jumping ahead. My God, you're as bad as Eric. Eric, out there, you listening? You got, you got company here. <laughs> jumping the gun. Well, I'm German. My God, it's like again, like We're I in a told tight Eric, schedule like here. I told Seriously? Eric, I'd hate to be on a date with you. You'd be paying the check before I had my first drink. My gosh. <laughs> <sighs> so, <laughs> you know, I, can I just say that I'm glad to see that Angelica is getting a little bit of this this week. Oh, Angelica! <laughs> well, Angelica gets it behind the scenes because Angelica and I work together too, and I, I yeah. get do a little ribbing here and there. So, <laughs> um, we can tell people though we got some. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so tired. I just saw something on my computer screen that made me think of something funny, and you all do not want to know what it was. Had nothing to do with the diva cam. Had nothing to do with it. It just made me. I am just so tired. Just so tired. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's the new theme of the day. You wonder what the theme is today? No, no, no. We no, actually, I don't yeah. care. We're not doing the theme yet. <laughs> We're not doing the theme yet. Okay, I'm going to just sit back and not say anything. If you all going to run the show, I'm going to sit back now. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> wow. Let's see how long that will last mm-hmm. in seconds. What do you guess? You know what my kids call that? They call it. I can't even remember what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> they call it like be quiet game, but it's they don't, we always just call it the quiet game, you know. But they have some other word for it or game, and I don't remember what they call it. Anyway, that's not coming to my mind. That's all right. How about shut them up? How's that? <laughs> no, I don't okay, think so, so I think that, that was much, about so. what. Thirty seconds of Bill Nuts. No, I ha- exactly. no, I got a thing in my ear from from the booth that said, "You better talk." Those two are killing the show. Oh, <laughs> give yeah. me a break! Yeah, yeah sure you Whatever. Oh, well, we got a nice uh, tweet or something from Greta Lundgaard. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? 
Mm-mm. Greta, no. I'm assuming I'm saying her last name right. Um, it's Lundgaard or Lundgaard. It's uh, L-U-N-D-G-A-A-R-D. I'm going to say her name because she made it public. She put it on our Mixler site or Twitter site. Twitter site. Um, and she says, yay, BBP changed my teaching life and subsequently impacted WL education in an entire district. I'm not sure if that's true. Thank you for the compliment. But we would like to compliment Greta. Guess why? Can you guess why we're complimenting Greta? I know why. And she's going to get a prize. <laughs> yeah. She's going to get a prize. Walter, do you want to guess why? I know why, too. Oh, man. Well, then there's no guessing. Somebody just said, Angelica, why is Greta going to get a prize? She was subscriber number 1,000 to our newsletter. Yeah. We didn't didn't announce this in the past that we were going to have milestones for our subscribers, but Greta was number 1,000, and so she's going to get a prize mailed to her this week, so um, somebody's got to contact her. Um, or and she needs to contact us. No, she us, needs to maybe. call in, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, Greta, this is a challenge. You better call in. Greta, are you listening? Greta, get on Mixler and tell us that you're listening. Um, and if you are, then you've got to call in. Um, call in so we can uh, chat with you real, real briefly, and then you can give Dustin your um, address, and he's going to send you a prize for being number 1,000. And so you can take the SLA Challenge quiz today. She can too. take the SLA Challenge quiz. Somebody else could. We just yeah. get her to call in. And we're also going to do something weird because weird. we're that way because I'm sitting next to Walter. Um, Weird Walter. Yeah, and we are going to give a prize for Ready For This, not the 2,000th caller, which we may still do, but in between we're going to give a prize to the 1,111th caller. The one 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 one. I'm not caller subscriber. <laughs> subscriber. The one 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 wow, one we had subscriber. That many calls? <laughs> yeah, well, with you it seems like a million, Walter. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you if you subscribe to our newsletter, get somebody to subscribe to our newsletter, then you can split the you can split the prize with them. You can you can you know we're not going to care what you do with it. Um, but anyway, so we want uh, we're going to give a prize to the one. Thousand, am I saying this right? 1,111th? Yep, you got that right. It just it sounds weird to say that. Can I just sign up with a new email and see you know, when we get to 1,110? Uh, I knew somebody was going to do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I would si- subscribe with a, a second email address. Yeah, I think you should. Okay, well, Angelica, what was the question you asked earlier? What's the topic? Oh, my God. <laughs> How much caffeine have you had today, girl? Oh, not enough. My God, you're looking a little. She should see her hair is frizzy, guys. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wearing getting... your crown. Anyway, our topic. Uh, we have a new topic this week, as we normally do. The topic is, our vocabulary and grammar learned differently? Uh, this is a question I sometimes get and, and often underlies a lot of people's teaching beliefs. So our grammar and vocabulary learned differently. If you want to get in on that conversation, please, please call us at 517. See if I get this right this time. 517. 517- 884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Dustin DeFelice, as usual, is on the phone lines waiting for your call. So we'll put down that bag of potato chips, put down that popcorn. We know you like to snack while you listen to us, but put it down and put your fingers on your little phone keyboard and give us a call. You can also say something via Mixler. You can... Um, send an email to Walter at twithbbp uh, at gmail.com. He's looking at the email. But remember, as we say this every week, nothing says I love tea with BBP than to hear your voices on the air. Remember, the show is for you and as much about you as it is about us, and we'd like to interact with you. So please, please call in. Um, again, um, the phone number is 517-884-4321. 
and you can call in with comments. You don't just have to ask questions, right? If you That's right. disagree with something we say, particularly with what something Walter says, I certainly <laughs> want to hear that. <laughs> I certainly want to hear that. I always say things that are very In fact, I'm going to get a prize. <laughs> I'm going to give an extra prize today. So somebody who, somebody who calls in and says, I disagree with Walter on X. <laughs> there. If you call in and say that, I'm going to give you a prize. I guess I have to say something controversial today first. <laughs> well, you, you know... <laughs> I, mm-hmm. Well, you know who's back on Mixler right now? Who's that? Walter for president. Hey, uh-oh. <laughs> I think that person needs to let me know who he or she is. I'd like to send them an email. Oh, Walter's got, oh maybe uh, you send them a prize, huh? <laughs> I'm glad that Walter has a fan. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, don't forget. <laughs> Walter doesn't want to be president, just so you know, but that's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hear Donald Trump's looking for a running mate. Yeah, okay. not going to happen. Um, don't forget our SLA challenge quiz. We have our SLA challenge quiz every week. Some lucky call-in person can take a stab at our quiz and win a wonderful Tea with BVP prize. So call in. Again, tell Dustin, our, our handy-dandy phone guy, that you want to do the SLA challenge quiz, and then we'll, f- we'll put you on the air and let you do that. Um, remember, tell your friends, colleagues, students, and others to go to our website and sign up. We, again, we're looking for that 1,111th person to give a prize to. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I need like a, I need like a, what do you call it? Like a Ricola or something. No, no, no. You need some tea. Yeah, well, I do need some tea. I need something. Oh, I got Earl my water Gray. right here. I got Earl my water. Earl Gray, indeed, now that we know. Well, mm-hmm. let's get into the topic for today. Let's get into the topic for today. So the topic for today is, is our vocabulary and grammar learned differently? And I'm going to start with the idea uh, to remind listeners out there, because I don't think people think about this, and that is that vocabulary is not just about meaning. It's not. When most teachers and even some researchers think about vocabulary, they only think of meaning, like this word meaning X. So, for example, gato in Spanish means cat. In English, right? That's what people think vocabulary is. Gato, yeah. in French. No, what gato is a is a cake. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I'm waiting for that person to call in about Walter. Okay, they're going to disagree <laughs> about that. There, <laughs> there are two things I think that escape a lot of people, and that is that words also have formal properties. This is a very important part of vocabulary that words have formal properties. So, gato again in Spanish does not just have the meaning, but it also has a syntactic property. It is what we call plus n. That means it's a noun. And because of this property, it can participate in any part of the sentence where plus n can participate, where a noun can participate. However, it has another property. You know what that property is, Walter? Plus count. It's a count noun. It has the feature plus count, meaning they can only participate in those spots in a sentence where the n is, where the noun is, where the plus count is specified, right? That means that you can say, I see a cat, but you can't see, I see some cat. That sounds really weird to say, I see some cat, right? <laughs> so even, even words have properties um, that are part of the grammar, and we often forget about that. It gets more important when you, when you talk about verbs. So uh, let's talk about um, the verb conocer in Spanish, one of my favorite verbs. We did this in my class the other day. Um, um, Angelica, do you know any Spanish? you know what conocer means? To know? means no. to know, but no. a what particular wow, kind of knowing, like good. to be acquainted with or to be familiar with something or someone. Okay, so in Spanish, it's what we call a plus state of verb. Walter, what does plus state of mean? Here's your, here's your Middlebury knowledge coming back to haunt you. Yeah, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've done any of this, so I, I, I don't recall what plus state of means. You know actually. what state of is? Mm. A state of verb is, is, a, is a verb. It has the root state, 
means so it means it's a verb or an expression talking about a state of existence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you know something or are familiar with something, you're in a state of knowledge. Okay, so that's it's a state of verb. So that means that in Spanish, when it combines with one of the two past tenses, preterite and perfect, it takes on different connotations. Okay, so with a state of verb, when I say something like conocí in Spanish, what I'm literally talking about is the beginning of that state which is why in English we have to translate it as meat. But for us Spanish speakers, what we really mean in our heads is the beginning of conocer. Hmm. Okay? And so, um, so verbs have properties like this that are part of their, what makes them a word. And so we often forget about this with vocabulary, and I think it's important for us to keep that in mind because it underlines all of our discussion about whether vocabulary and grammar are learned differently. Um, and I'm going to come back to that as our callers start to call in as we get questions because it has implications um, for mental representation and also for skill later on as well. But another part that we have to remember is how, um, how, how where words appear, okay? Um, so words always appear in some kind of communicative context. Um, and so thus learners are always exposed to both meaning and the underlying properties of a word, right? They, they're not exposed to just the meaning of the word, but also it's in some kind of a context, which means that learners are getting some kind of underlying knowledge about the properties of that word. Um, so when we look at the properties of words and not just their meaning, we might, we might conclude that vocabulary is acquired no differently from what we traditionally call grammar. Um, so the first point that I wanna kick off with today is, is getting people to think about this, is that vocabulary and grammar are acquired in essentially the same way, that there's nothing different about them. So I'm going to dangle it out there for our callers to, to think about and call us in about or mix, mixolarize us about, okay? <laughs> um, and that has a profound implications for teaching. That means you don't do anything different between vocabulary and grammar in your classroom. Right, Walter? Right, Bill. Now you can agree with me because I've, just dis- or I've agreed with Bill, so you can disagree with me if you want. <laughs> I've um, agreed so that you can disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now... Um, we actually have some uh, questions on um, Gmail, don't we, Walter? Don't we, we have do. some mm-hmm. questions? Do you want to pull those up um, so we can check with our While audience? While we do about- that, um, David on Mixler is asking, how do collocations fit into this discussion of vocabulary? What about collocations, David? That's a broad question. I don't like open-ended questions. How do? <laughs> like, how do you do? <laughs> oh, you really want an answer to that. Um I like people to ask me yes, no questions. Are you tired today? Yes, bye. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't like open-ended questions. Okay, I'm sorry. What's David's question again? What about, what, is, what does he say? How do collocations fit into this discussion of vocabulary? How, what, you, what you were just saying. How do collocations, did everybody out there know what collocations are? Collocations, oh, not. collocations are words that tend to appear together um, in, in, in typical phraseology. So for example, like um, you're more likely to say, um, Oh, let me see, uh, pot of tea, then you are to say pot of something else, or pothead, I don't know, but, but no, but pot of, like if I said pot of out loud, the first thing that you would say out loud after to finish up would probably be tea, before you would say coffee, right? Um, so pot of tea and pot of coffee are, are collocations where tea and coffee are collocated with pot of. Um, and so I guess David's question is, how do those kinds of things fit into talking about vocabulary? Is that what he's asking? I Presumably. think so. 
Yeah. Um, I, there, um, there's not much to say about that except the collocations are um, learned just like any other kind of vocabulary, another kind of piece of language. And they're highly subject to like all things in language, subject to frequency effects. So with collocations like pot of, the reason we want to say T right away is we hear and, and encounter in the input around us, both in our native and our second language, pot of tea much more often than we hear pot of coffee. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Because we we hear, the opposite would be we hear coffee pot, I think, more often than we hear teapot. I don't know why, but that's my intuition. What do you think? Walter's might make it a face at me. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess as I'm... I would agree with your first statement, pot of tea versus pot of coffee. Coffee pot, teapot. I can hear both of those. I don't know. I'm a little teapot. Yeah, sure. there's, there's a song for it. So. Although you look more like a coffee pot to me, Walter. <laughs> Notice how Walter has progressed from volleyball to coffee pot, people. <laughs> oh Here we goodness. go. Don't give me a coffee pot for a gift because like, I don't drink it. So you know. Anyway, so David, so I wouldn't consider collocations to be any different in the sense of how they're learned or how they interact with language. Um, and that learners will get collocations uh, based on, on frequency and the input and other kinds of things. So that's mm-hmm. how they learn these combinatorial factors. Um, the, the mind-brain is a pretty good little statistical machine um, for lots of different things. Um, so um, I think we have, um, do we, we have another comment on Mixler, Angelica? Is that what I'm seeing in your face there? Um, yes, so David did say that this is exactly um, the question that he was asking, and he followed up that collocations is something that students and teachers tend to struggle with. Um, and um, Sarah was asking something here. I mean, she she noted on Mixler that she's interested to hear what everyone says about implications for the classroom here. And this is where the notion then came up by Celeste. Are we talking about learning or acquisition in the classroom? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> we're always th- I'm always talking about acquisition because that to me is fundamental. Those of you who don't know the distinction out there, <clears throat> acquisition is um, the internalization of language via your exposure to language in communicative contexts. And ec- explicit learning or learning of language is learning about the language. So that's like memorizing verb forms and filling in blanks and doing things like that. And in my mind, the only thing that matters in the long run is um, acquisition of language. That is your exposure to language and communicative contexts. And so everything I'm talking about is in reference to that. So when we talk about statistical frequency, we talk about collocations, we're talking about no difference between grammar and vocabulary, um, then I'm talking about developing language in your head, uh, that implicit mental representation. And, and lexicon, language, excuse me, vocabulary is part of that mental representation. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, it's no different from grammar. You've got to have words in your head and they have properties, right? Mm-hmm. They do. Now notice, remember this, remember Chomsky's very famous example, colorless green ideas sleep furiously. Now that sounds gibberish to us, but the point is is, is that all those words fit in those spaces syntactically because... Precisely because they all have the correct grammatical properties to go into those slots. And so all words have these properties. I mean, just can't, you can't, and it becomes even more important when you got, when you have words, uh, verbs that might have different ways of doing things across languages. Um, so you have, um, uh, for example, verbs in one language that might take two arguments, 
which means that they take they need, need two nouns or two things. In another language, I might need three, or I might only need one. And so, when you're acquiring these when you're acquiring these verbs, even though the meaning might overlap, you have to acquire these difference in properties and also how things are expressed um, uh, through those verbs. So, anyway. Um, I am just. What's going on? I got that Las Vegas throat, you know. It's a good thing I'm not singing right now. Walter, why you making a face? Go down to a pack a day. I don't. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. So, well, not. Oh my goodness! No, I don't smoke at all. I don't smoke at all. Okay, it looks like we have a call. So, do we have a caller on the line? I think Emma is calling. Hi, DDT. Hey, it's Emma on the line. How are you doing? It's so nice to hear from you again. Oh, well, it's nice to hear from you. Are you still our favorite uh, caller? What, our number one fan? Yes, of course. It's It's been a while since I've been able to call in, but I, I've decided to make my presence known again today. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, well, we've missed you. So, what are you gonna? What are you gonna? What do you want to talk about? Do you have a question? Are you gonna comment? Are you gonna disagree with Walter on something, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think I have a question more so than a comment. Okay. Um, as a language teacher, um, as someone who's learning to become a language teacher, I see all sorts of textbooks that I could maybe use in the future. And I know we've kind of talked about textbooks in the past, but what about these really long vocabulary lists that I see in these textbooks? Like my gut reaction is that that's not really helpful. Would would you say that you would need both grammar and vocabulary in order to make sense of that to give it a context or any meaning? Right. I mean, vocabulary gus list gusts. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so old. Gosh. Oh, oh my so goodness, get over it. I am old. I'm a year away from depends. Come on, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a retiring in May, I think. <laughs> this is going to happen. No, uh, no, 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 that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think then, so. Walter, then yeah. we'll promote you, Walter. Then you, yeah. can, be, <laughs> then you can finally be D-Vet. Okay, so Emma, Emma, my reaction to this is that... Tea okay. with the D-Vet? Yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> Tea with Walter has a ring to it, doesn't it? Okay. So, Emma, vocabulary lists in and of themselves aren't really conducive to anything. And, and, and I'm hope, uh, hopefully people aren't making their students memorize um, vocabulary lists out there. I know some people still do, but let's hope people aren't doing that. Um, what vocabulary lists can do for learners, if anything, is if they're, if they're topically related or related to a story, like these are words you're gonna encounter today in our story, or these are words you're gonna hear today in the topic we're talking about. Let's say we're talking about, I don't know what, like um, our childhood pets. Well, you know, you might, might have 10 words for animals that you look at before you have that discussion. Um, so you can have them like a little preview, like a little prep before you get in interacting with the input and the interaction with the language. So um, I think the problem with most textbooks is that they are driven by some traditional notion of what textbooks need to look like, which is why you get these very, very long, and even my own textbooks are like this, not because I want them to be that way, but because that's how textbooks are sold. So, as you said, you're, you said you haven't started teaching yet your, in, your teacher information. Is that what it is? Uh, I'm, I'm in some teacher education prep courses right now. Right, yeah. So, uh, for when you look at these, you're, you're probably thinking these lists are very daunting. Is that what the, what the, what, what's happening? Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like it's way too much to throw at my students, like 16, 17 
like different activities that they can use, and it just seems like a lot. Right, um, and that that and that's what textbooks textbooks force learning, and and that's the problem with. This is why you get people trying to memorize vocabulary because that's the only way to make it through that list. But we know that memorizing vocabulary doesn't get vocabulary in your head. You get vocabulary in your head through through interacting with vocabulary and input, both oral and written. Reading is a big, uh, well, it has been traditionally in reading research and vocabulary research been a big source of vocabulary development. But um, there's some question about that, but I don't think it's a big question, some question. So yeah, so um, one suggestion I would give for you to, um, to um, think about that is break lists up if you can when you're teaching. Break them up over time. There's no reason you have to tackle a whole list in one day or something like that. See if you can like break lists up and sprinkle them like a little fairy dust over the week or something. And then, th and then also, I mean if you're goal-driven, like we're a goal-driven program here where we have an outcome we want, you know, in terms of, of level of speaking ability and comprehension and so on. Um, and so what we do is we just go through and we slash all those vocabularies in the textbook. Go, oh, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that for what we want to talk about. Don't need that, don't need that. There's a whole vocabulary list that we just skip. We don't even do in my own textbook. We just don't do because they're not necessary. Um, and so um, you have my permission to cut things out if you want. Just get rid of them. Okay, I will let I will let my future administration know that BVP <laughs> gave me the authorization. Hey, I can to take the, the heat. Circular. I'm a big boy. I can take the heat. I may be tired, yeah. but I can take the heat. <laughs> and I'm little, but I fight pretty good, too. I'm pretty <laughs> strong for my size. And, yeah. and what's good about being short like me is it doesn't take much to drop your knees and throw a punch and land it in the right place, let me tell you. So you I just mean, worst case scenario, you can have like a sing dance off, I feel, with these people, and I, I feel like you could certainly take them. Oh, honey, let me tell you, I could twerk those people to death. So that would be no, <laughs> that we, we would like, uh, no, uh, just you call me up when you're a student teaching, Emma, and I'll come to your school and I'll, I'll, I'll have a few words, okay? Hey, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, you can do that, I promise you. Long as I'm alive, <laughs> long as Walter doesn't kill me. <laughs> Here, Emma, I do want to add something, though. I think sometimes vocabulary lists and textbooks, uh, don't aren't quite sufficient actually I think sometimes you know you ha when they present for example a list of potential occupations well um, I know a lot of people would just say you know a student would say well my dad doesn't do any of these things well just pick one of them I think it's helpful to to help people learn vocabulary that's going to be actually useful for communication so if their dad is a truck driver then truck driver is not in the vocabulary list and help them figure out how to say truck driver so they can actually talk about what their dad really does instead of saying my dad is a school principal when that's not the reality. So I think that could be a helpful, a helpful thing too. Is really targeting to to what your what your students are really actually going to use for the purposes of communication as well. I yeah, agree with you, Walter. Wow! Wow! Shocking. Well, Emma, we're going to let you go. Thanks for your question. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you for having me. It was nice to hear from you guys again. Okay, nice to hear from you. Have a good day. Bye, Emma. Thank you. Bye. 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 That Emma's a sweetheart, don't you think? She is. I love Emma, and I, I and I like the fact that she's thinking already. She's in. She's in training. She's taking teacher education prep courses. She's already thinking about. She's listening to the show and in her course, thinking about topics she's being exposed to, and already wondering how they're going to relate mm -hmm. to her teaching. I think that's really that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And, and uh, but it also kind of worries me sometimes because. I'm on this grant um, with with some really great folks. By the way, I love working with these people. I've been a little absent from some of our phone calls, but I made the I made the Skype call yesterday. Finally, um, and it's on teacher retention, and and there's some there's some shortage of 
good language teachers out there, and, mm-hmm. and it's a problem retain, retaining language teachers. Part of the problem, I think, might be just confronting these things that Emma's confronting, like how do I do, how do I put in practice what I know? So that'll be a whole nother. Um, well, I, th- I mean, I think speaking from experience, because I've been there and ta- I've taught in the public school system, I think sometimes it's just difficult because you don't necessarily have people in positions of leadership that have any recognition of any knowledge about language teaching or, or what kinds of people in leadership <laughs> positions Walter what do these people need well well I'm not even I mean I'm you know w- you need someone with some background in language acquisition but but even in terms of administrate in terms of you know building level and and um, superintendent level administrators you know they come and observe you in your classroom and they say like I remember I used to get I used to get uh, that's not that's not the, the answer I wanted Walter <laughs> what, what were you looking for I'm so sorry they need, now you can disagree with me they need a diva oh, they, oh, need, they a need a diva, diva to <laughs> uh, I just would like to point out that Carol does agree in all caps with Walter on um, that it's possibly um, Important to target relevant topics. Yeah. Good. I, I agree with you, Carol, but you get no points and no prize today for agreeing with Walter. <laughs> okay, we got another caller on the line. We have David from North Carolina. Is that correct, David? Are you from North Carolina? I am indeed. Oh, awesome. We love North Carolina. What part of North Carolina are you calling from? Uh, from Charlotte. From Charlotte. Are you going to get smacked with snow tomorrow? We are all fervently praying for freezing rain and snow. <laughs> yeah, well, the for last snow day is that what you're hoping for? Yeah, I was in North Carolina one. I think it was last spring and giving a talk, and there were people. There was like freezing rain coming in, and I was leaving till the next day, so it didn't bother me. But there were a lot of people who wanted to drive in from other universities, you know, with, you know, because it's part of that triangle area. And I don't know if you were around there, David, but uh, in that area. But um, I remember a lot of people were, oh, I can't go to the talk because it's going to freeze rain tonight. I'm going, oh, freeze rain in Michigan. We'd be like, we'd be out, bootstrap our 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 skating shoes on and just get out there in that freezing rain and <laughs> anyway so what's up david what do you want to talk about uh well besides the freezing rain i i had a question in terms of uh frequency lists okay frequency lists that's a good topic what about it um i know that i and um a number of other teacher use the frequency lists um you know in terms of what is the most frequently used vocabulary there's some great books out there in spanish i also teach latin and uh, Latin teachers as well have, have compiled these lists of the most frequently used words uh, in order to sort of focus our instruction with vocabulary and to shelter vocabulary. Um, but I also know there's another school of thought out there, um, and I think I've read Stephen Krashen sort of pushing the school of thought that we don't need to focus on that because we will automatically just, if we use the language uh, you know, normally, like we would in everyday conversation, we are automatically going to be using the most frequently used words. Um, and I was wondering what your thought was there. Well, I, 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 I'm going to tell you that I agree with Steve about 80% on that um, because he is correct that if you're just using language in class, you will generate frequency naturally. Where I disagree is that you don't generate the topics from outside of class naturally. This is, what I, this is where I... I, I think a definition of communication comes in handy. And I'll remind everybody what a definition is. Communication is the expression, interpretation, and negotiation of meaning in a given context. The context of the classroom is involves the teacher and the students. Okay, so you cannot replicate, replicate context outside the classroom in the classroom. And so the kinds of things you wind up talking about in the classroom are topics appropriate for 
the classroom and about the students, right? And so, um, so there might be some topics. When I look at frequency lists, for example, when I do research, and I look at, okay, what, what words are students going to know um, from the first year if I'm going to do a research on something and I want to make sure they know all the words in the sentence so it's not the vocabulary that's a problem. I don't always go to frequency lists because sometimes I'll make a word very frequent that I'll go, a student in a Spanish one class has never heard this word in class because it just never comes up in classroom conversation. So I think we have to walk that fine line between saying, yes, um, we will generate the vocabulary and stuff we need in class naturally. I totally agree with that. But it may not match what happens outside the class because those frequent lists are, are based on native speaker interactions, newspapers, all kinds of things that aren't topics that happen in typical classrooms. That makes sense to you? It does. I had a follow-up question there. Go ahead. And that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that, uh, let me just back up a minute there before, I, before you ask your, your follow-up. That doesn't mean that there's not overlap or significant overlap between. You could have significant, like 80% of the words used in classroom will wind up on a frequency list, um, it, but 20% may not or 10% may not and vice versa. So, you know, I, I want to make sure clear, I'm not saying these, these two frequencies are completely different. What I'm just saying is there are going to be some things that aren't going to be frequent in a classroom. There's something that will be frequent outside the classroom that aren't germane to classroom topics. Okay, there I said it. Okay. So what's your follow-up? What's your Absolutely. No, thank you. That's great. Uh, my follow-up is just simply in terms of a lot of teachers out there are more or less obligated to teach thematic units or thematic vocabulary. And what we find often is, you know, even if you're looking at something as simple as parts of the body or foods in a restaurant, um, which are, you know, very common Spanish one thematic units, um, that the frequency of so much of the vocabulary is just not there. They're not among the most 500 most used words. They're not among the 1,000 most used words. You're getting up into 8,000, 10,000, even higher. Do you think that the frequency lists are good to use in terms of limiting the vocabulary, saying, hey, do our kids really need to know all these words if they're not even among the top 5,000 most word, used words in the language. No, I, I'm actually going to go back and say, say what I've said in the past, maybe not on this show, but at, but public at, at talks and other places, is that what we care about is the topics we want to talk about in class. So I would throw out body parts because what am I, what, what am I, what am I going to talk about body parts for in a class? This is not, a, this is not an anatomy class. It's not a, a, a medical examination <laughs> class. It's not a, so what body parts do I need in a classroom to talk to my students about? What, is, what do body parts, well, what do, <laughs> what do body parts have to do with, with what we want to talk about in a classroom? So I always go by what topics. Levez la main. Well, right, right, so you need to know <laughs> hands or raise your hand. Great. Fermez la bouche. <laughs> God, listen to yourself, Walter. Please listen to yourself. <laughs> Take your own advice, Walter. Um, so, so. So I, I like in fact Walter and I were in my office earlier with Matt, um, who's the assistant director in French, David this morning, and we were going through thinking about how we might tweak some of the curriculum over this next year. And I'm going, don't need that. Don't. We were going through the textbooks, go, don't need that. And we we're just like xing out stuff that currently is kind of in there. And I'm going, we just don't need it anymore. Let's get rid of it because it's not germane to classroom discussion. And it's not even germane to like. Intermediate mid. I mean, how many times in intermediate mid, if you're trying to get your students intermediate mid, do they have to talk about body parts into intermediate mid discussion? They'll learn body parts when it when it time comes for them to learn body parts if they need to learn that. So anyway, so um, so again, just to shut up and, and say succinctly what I was trying to say is that let the topics dictate the vocabulary that you want to talk about in class. 
Okay. How's that? That's great. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. So, and, and I just need to say also, I, I agree completely with Walter. <laughs> <laughs> well played, David. Well, well played. David, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get a prize unless you, <laughs> unless you take the, unless you take the SLA quiz. Uh, if you need someone to take it, I'd be happy to stick around. Well, why don't you hang on for a few minutes, and because uh, we, I, I think we might have a caller coming in, and we might, we'll see. But you know, I, I have a feeling you might do pretty good. You might win yourself a prize, even though you didn't, uh, even though you agreed with Walter. But that's okay. <laughs> I, I still love you, David, even though you agreed with Walter. Um, <laughs> but what I'm going to do is, is before we go on, is, is just talk to Angelica and 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 Walter about this for a minute because this is an a, this is an important topic because there are people out there both teachers looking to frequency lists and methodologists and curriculum developers are saying let's look at frequency lists for how what we could do in our classrooms and I'm not sure that's always the way to go again because what's frequent out there may not be what we want to use in the classroom I mean I mean in in my class so yeah. let me ask this question. Do you think that the, the goal of the classroom is only to address topics that might be germane to classroom use, or do you think it would be beneficial to prepare students for what they might experience outside of the classroom? But again, if you're preparing students for what's going to be outside a classroom, then you're practicing language. If you're, if you're doing things that are germane to the students' lives and what we can talk about in the classroom, then you're being communicative. See the difference? Oh, I understand the difference. I'm yeah. just asking, do you think that there is any place for preparing students for success outside of a classroom experience. When we know they're going to go. That, that, that's one of those, to me, one of those crash courses or prep things you do before, like someone's going to go abroad. You go, okay, here's some things you, if you have an encounter that you need to know how to do. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, so that, that's, my, that's my take on that. Well, and this is what Sarah and Karen are saying on Mixler too, that it depends on the goals of the students. You know, what's considered high frequency. Uh, what's... Yeah. What's their, like what, I mean, what is important, you know? What's important to them yeah, because exactly. of what, what it is that they're, what's their reason for taking the yeah. course, for example? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and that's fine too, but the problem is, and from my perspective, is that in the lower levels, the students may not know what's important to them just mm-hmm. yet. True. They just don't know. Okay. So, for example, they don't know that they may need to be able to tell someone when they get up and when they go to bed. They might say, oh, I need this for business. Well, that doesn't just mean you need vocabulary for business and talk about business. When you meet someone, you have to chit-chat with that person when you're doing business. You know, and, oh, so, yeah, I'm an early riser. Oh, really, what time do you get up? You know, you have to chit-chat with people. So mm-hmm. things like that are, you just don't know what you're going to need necessarily. So mm-hmm. that's why beginning-level things, we do what we do. Um, I wanted to actually address something <laughs> real quick. I think David is going to take our, our um, quiz here in a second. But I want to... Um, address a question that came to us back, I don't know if y'all remember Apiri, who called in from Japan a couple weeks ago. Um, And he had a question about, uh, he wrote to me, or wrote to us via email, he said, I have a question, do you think that rules or explicit information, because this ties into what we're talking about in terms of vocabulary and grammar as well, can help make input more comprehensible, and by that indirectly help with acquisition? And I'm gonna extend his and say, do you think by making students learn vocabulary explicitly, is that going to make, um, is that going to make input more comprehensible um, and, and directly help with acquisition. Um, my response is that it could, um, but we have no empirical evidence that it does. So I, I, I'm going to say, you know, that's a good question. Maybe we might have a little show about that or actually pull that to the forefront. So period, the answer to your question right now is it could, but it's not clear to me that it necessarily can. So that's my answer. Um, that'd be a good, uh, that'd be a good, dissertation topic for someone. If anybody out there wants to do a dissertation on that, let me know. We'll talk about that. 
Can I come back to the the frequency list? I remember last was it last semester we were talking about the seven verbs. You, you brought this up in conversation, and we shoot had a me on Gallica Walter's talking again. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Walter. Go ahead, Walter. <laughs> you know I love you more than my Gucci luggage. Uh-huh. Go ahead, uh-huh. Gucci uh-huh. luggage. Yeah, of course, knowledge. yeah. Uh, you know you brought in uh, these seven verbs uh, to our language program, and, and we did a little workshop with our with our TAs and instructors. Yeah, that comes from verbs, that so. comes from some people working TPRS. Yeah, so so I wonder if you can address that as far because that's kind of similar connects into this frequency list. You know the 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 frequently used verbs. Uh, so maybe you can address that. Yeah, this is actually this was actually a very insightful thing. I'll say this in in just a, uh, try to say this in two minutes or less. Um, and that is that there's a thing called the seven um, superverbs. Um, that if you have good command over these and can use these, then this will bootstrap you much more quickly into intermediate level proficiency than anything else. And I forget what all the verbs are. You can just Google Google seven superverbs, and you'll see that. Um, and it's and it's very illuminating. And we had a little workshop on that and and trying to get our teachers to incorporate them more in their own input with the students and so on. So. Um, there are such things as that 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 are common. I mean, verbs like have. You, you think that just because your students have been exposed to the verb have in your class, hmm. that that they know have. No. I can tell you right now that we have third semester students here that can't manipulate the verb have to talk anything about in, in any real way. Um, and so, so these, you know, and 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 in some languages have is um, is very important because it goes beyond just. I have five dollars in my pocket because in Spanish mm-hmm. we say I have hunger, I have fear, I have three years old. Well, that'd be Walter saying that, but I have. <laughs> 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 anyway, so look at go go Google the seven super verbs. You're gonna love that. It's gonna change your lives. Those of you out there thinking about things you need for your classroom. Okay, um, let's get David back on the horn here because we want to have a SLA challenge quiz and give away a prize. So is David back on the line? I'm here. Hey, David, welcome back. Thank you for hanging around. See how, you know, I tell you, these people don't want our special prizes. They just don't want our special prizes. But you're going to win one today, aren't you? I'm I'm supremely hopeful. Okay, well, here we go. (laughs) Um... Well, we, as you know, the, the rules of the of, of the call in the challenge quiz is that there are three questions. Um, you have to answer two minimally to get a prize, and if you answer all three, you get a super prize, right? And super prize. we actually have we just ordered some new things that you're gonna love. Do you drink do you drink coffee or tea, David? Only every day. Only every day. <laughs> Good answer. How about beer or wine? Uh, about the same frequency. About the same frequency. Okay. Very good answer. And what did your mama teach you about that coffee table in front of you or the, te- or the dining table? What do you never do? Um, put my feet on it. Well, that, Very yeah, good. but we're not talking Very about... Put coffee mug on it. Yes. Put coffee mug on it. Or your glass on it, all right? So what do you need to put under it? Uh, a copy of your book. <laughs> <laughs> I think for that answer alone, he needs to win a prize. That's the bonus. That's the bonus question. That's the bonus question. I love smart asses. Don't you love smart asses? <laughs> okay, David, you need to put a what? X underneath. Hey. What is it? This is your vocabulary. Oh, I need to put. 
Uh, my vocabulary is failing me now. Hey, I need to put a placemat. I need to put a... Exactly, that. Only different. Yeah, yeah. See people out there how vocabulary works? See? S- starts see? with a C. Because he never does this. That's where it's not frequent in his vocabulary. <laughs> David just puts that old mug right there on the, the table. Thank you. Yes. There you yes. go. Okay. Thanks, Mikey. Mikey, Mikey help me. Yep, absolutely. So we have, some, we have some coasters. We just had some Tea with BVP coasters made. So if you... If you um, if and Angelica's you, wearing one as a as a necklace right yeah, now. Yeah, actually. she's wearing one as a necklace. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're ready for your attached, quiz? Attached to her David, necklace you ready for your quiz? a paperclip, in fact. I'm sure. ready. <laughs> okay. David's taking his quiz, y'all. Sorry. Oh, sorry. This is all about David. God, sorry. Sorry, David. We love you, We have David. somebody yeah, on the phone it's here. It's all about David. Gosh. Sorry. Man. Sorry. If I were Joan Crawford, I'd be beating you with a hanger right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, David. You ready for your first question? I am indeed. Okay, here we go. It's all about you now. Okay, question number one. This is easy because we talked about this today. Just like grammar, that is syntax and morphology, and other, sp- and, and other aspects of language, vocabulary is largely acquired from A, studying and practice, B, interaction with input, C, knowledge of the first language, D, Examining Trump's speeches. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, interaction with input. B, interaction with input. And survey says... Ding, 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 ding. There we go. Good. Okay, so you got one. On, you're on your way to your fabulous tea with, co- tea with BVP coasters. Here we go. Item number two. Researchers who investigate the acquisition and use of vocabulary typically refer to it as... A... Morphological units. B, the mental lexicon. C, the semantico-syntactic network. D, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can I hear the first two uh, possible answers again? Sure. They typically refer to it as A, morphological units, or B, the mental lexicon. Hmm. That is a tough one. Um, How do these researchers talk about vocabulary? Hmm. What I'm going to go with... Oh, I'm sorry. Walter, you're interrupting. Oh, no. Okay, Walter is uh, trolling me there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, lexicon, mental lexicon. And survey says... Ding, 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 ding. Yay. Okay, you're well on your way now. Get number three right, and you get the, you get the big daddy prize. Instead of one I thought coaster, it was two out of three, and we changed the rules. No, no, no you've no, got no. a you prize. You already have a prize. Exactly. You already have a prize. Now you're going to get the big daddy prize if you get three. Ready? Okay, oh, ready what go. is the big daddy prize? You get more coasters. <laughs> <laughs> with, two, with, two, with two, you actually just... If you get two answers right, you only get a coaster for yourself. But... If you answer all three, you get a matching set. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right, ready? Yes. Okay. Item number three. Words can be changed not only from one meaning to another, like honest and dishonest, which mean opposite things, right? But also from one category to another, like care and careful, where you go from a noun to, uh, 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 yeah, a noun to a adverb, or, a, uh, or not an adverb, but an adjective, right? Um, so, so not just meaning, but also from one category to another, such as a noun to an adverb or a noun to a verb and so on. How do we refer to the change of a word 
from one category to another? Is it A, inflection, B, extension, C, derivation, D, Freudian catharsis? Hmm. Uh, can, I, can I hear the, uh, the three options, the first three options again? Sure. Again, this is change, uh, the change of a word from one category to another. A, inflection, B, extension, C, derivation. For C, are you saying derivation? D-E-R-I-V-A-T-I-O-N, derivation. From the verb derive. Yes, I, I'm aware of that as a, uh, a Latin teacher. We we study derivatives quite frequently. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with inflection here, though. Really? When you just told me that der derivative and derive and derivation are all derived from the same thing. Are they really? So it is derivation. It's okay. Derivation. All right, ding, we, ding, 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 ding. we love you enough. We're going to let you have that, David. We're going to let you have that. We love you enough. We're going to let you have that. So you're going to get a matching set of coasters coming in the mail from Tea with BBP. How's that for you? I'm quite excited. My wife doesn't think I'm quite enough of a language nerd yet. So. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We'll sneak an extra one in there for her. How's that? What's your wife's name? Monica. Monica. Will you tell Monica you're now, you've had your 15 minutes of fame on, on Internet radio? How's that? Excellent. She'll be quite excited. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Thanks well, for calling, Dave. David, you stay on the line, and Dustin's going to take your information so we can mail those out to you this week, okay? Thanks very much. Thanks Bye, David. for calling, David. Bye-bye, David. Okay. <laughs> we, got, we got more tweets and more Mixlers shouting out we want, saying they want Walter for president. What do they want Walter for president of? <laughs> the United States of America. Oh, really? I mean, based on the picture. I, I thought know. you were born in Canada. <laughs> no. no, so funny. Oh, okay. Born in Pennsylvania, actually, but never really? lived there a day in my life. It's Be been a, before know. or after it joined the Union? <laughs> okay, I was actually it was one oh of the God. thirteen original colonies, so you qualify. Yeah. Well, Walter for president said on Mixler that he or she is working on making Walter Ryden eligible in twenty six states. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where that goes. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, I'm and, feeling the love. and Emma actually suggesting that we need Walter for President Buttons for the next live show. And there you go, Walter for President Buttons. I think this, Buttons. Is, this is getting a little out of hand. I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, do, I don't want to be a D-vent. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's just get, focus let, the attention let, on this let, man let, let's, do, right. let's do a Katie Couric thing on him right now. So, Walter, what, what journals and magazines do you read to keep up on current events in the United States? I don't know, but I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's one big-ass telescope you have if you can see Russia from Michigan, let me tell you. <laughs> uh. Oh, my gosh. I have a headache from all this. <laughs> all right. So what did we talk about today? We talked about vocabulary and grammar. Most about vocabulary, that it's learned the same way as grammar for all intents and purposes. It's input-dependent. What else did we talk about? Well, we had callers that asked about, Emma asked about, Vocabulary list and what they do, right? And uh, then we had, uh, uh, who frequency called about list? frequency? Was I think it was Dave, wasn't was that it? Dave? Yeah, Dave called about frequency and talked about that. And he did an excellent job in the SLA challenge quiz. And um, we bantered a little bit about, I guess just, you know, I, we're always back to the same point in this show about, um, about um, uh, the fact that language 
all parts of language are pretty much the same in the sense of, n they're not the same, but they get acquired in the same way in the sense of how learners have to deal with input interaction over time to get to get language in their heads. Um, why are you making? Why are you waving at me, Angelica? Because there's two more questions on Mixler that we might be able to squeeze in at least. One well, we have we we have one minute to squeeze in a question. One minute it? before I get okay, the so before I get the poll, the crane from Luca. Darren is asking, can we as language teachers teach our class without any mention of grammar? Is that the Darren from Bewitched? Or is that a different Darren? That's a different Darren. Oh, not the Darren from Bewitched. I'm disappointed. Okay, so what's this question again? Can we as language teachers teach our class without any mention of grammar? Oh, sure. Why not? Of course you can. How? What I mean, like just the same way you do with a two-year-old. Yeah, you don't have to talk about grammar. I mean, you don't have to. Whether or not your students will want you to is another story. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to talk about grammar to learn grammar. So there, that's my answer. I like it. Darren? Da -dun, da -dun. Do we have time for another question? So you don't have to I use the word grammar, I guess. Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to get the crane from these people in the studio here if you don't. What's the next question? So Steve was asking way earlier on Mixler here, um, is vocabulary acquired mostly unconsciously? Um, yes and no. Um, think about it this way. What learners use their conscious knowledge for is to try to grapple with what something means. So if they hear a new word or if they encounter something, they might have a, a split second or even longer than a split second process of, what does that word mean? They actually think consciously. Does that mean cat? Does that mean, oh, that means this. What they don't do consciously is um, think about its frequency, they don't think about its grammatical properties. They don't think about its phonological properties. They don't think about any. So all the formal parts of the word are processed without any kind of explicit attention. Um, and so the only kind of uh, conscious attention or explicit learning they do is really about meaning, I think. So that's what I would say. Great, I've said thanks. that before. So. All right, we're going to have to wrap up here, kids. It's that time. My God, time flies when you're on Prozac, I tell you. <laughs> So we had our, our standard thank you. Say what? <laughs> I just said we've heard that a few times too, right? I know. That's because that's um, it's because of you I'm on Prozac, Walter. <laughs> Walter for president. And that's in the Walter morning. Then at night I have to go home and take a Valium. Okay. <laughs> so remember to please send your colleagues, friends, and students to our tea with bvp.com website and have them sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, we'd like to thank our technical producer who's in there punching all those keys and manning all that sound stuff. That's Daniel Trago. Our media producer, Luca Giappone, who's uh, always in there doing stuff for us on, on uh, the, the social media websites and everything else and our website and everything else. Um, the guy who normally takes your calls, you know him by the name of what? Dustin DeFelice. Um, and so we want to thank him. We want to thank our wonderful assist assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney. And I'm not going to sing at this time. My Maloney has a first name. Yay. Oh, J-E-F-F-Y. <laughs> okay. And then our most excellent intern, Emma Dunn, who is a good gopher and does all kinds of great stuff for us. We want to thank the Center for Language Teaching Advancement that we refer to here as CELTA. C-E-L-T-A. We want to thank the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University. And as a reminder, uh, we want to let you know that the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, potential sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And of course, we want to thank all of you listeners out there as well. We'll be back next week. Join us then at 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Thursday when we will address a new topic about teacher education. We're going to focus on what are and what should be the components 
of how language teachers are educated. Until then, have a great weekend. Go see a movie to get some ready to vote for your Oscars. And happy second language acquisition to everyone. Bye, everybody. Auf Wiederhören.